Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give your likes to the podcast, and share the podcast when you like the episodes. For those who already do these things, I appreciate all the support. Hello and welcome back. Uh, I know it's been a couple weeks. Been super busy with holidays and stuff. Sister coming home and I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to put out anything next week because my sister will be home for a couple days for Christmas. So I wanted to make sure to try to get something out this week and... I should have done it last week because I'm no better off this week than last. Because this is obviously, I'm sure you can tell by the title, that it is a continuation of the last episode. But I know that there's people that don't exactly like my take when it comes to Israel and Palestine and the fact that the Jews that are part of the Zionist group, this isn't all Jews, just the Zionists, once again, have committed their fair share of atrocities against the Arabs in Palestine. And I guess it's kind of the outlook of separation of church and state. I think I briefly touched on it last time, but, you know, biblically speaking, when God instructed the Jews after their 40 years of wandering in the desert and wilderness after Egypt, he instructed them to go in and take this land. And so this would have taken place thousands and thousands of years ago. And he told them to blot them out. Kill everybody, women, children, the elderly. Kill their livestock, burn their goods, take nothing that belonged to them. And when they did not do this, when they showed mercy on certain people or took those women as their wives, things of that nature. God said they will forever be a thorn in your side. But the point is, he told them to wipe them out. Without mercy, wipe them out. This is God's instructions. And so when it comes to Israel and Palestine of today, it's what kind of approach do you want to take with this? How do you want to look at Because one of the biggest problems anybody has in this world, whether it's as an individual, being part of a group that's small in size and scope, all the way up to as large as a nation, People have a hard time, one, admitting when they're wrong, and two, 
being able to at least understand where the other side is coming from, even if they do not agree with it. And it's one of those situations in which if you are a Christian or a practicing Muslim or practicing Jew, how are you looking at the situation in the Middle East? Are you looking at it in religious terms? Or are you looking at it in secular terms? Because it's two completely different things and requires two completely different perspectives and outlooks, approaches. All of it. Because if you want to look at it secularly, leaving God out of it, leaving your faith out of it, then there needs to be some kind of peace reached to where everybody can live in harmony. If you're going to look at it religiously instead of secularly, then the rest of the world just needs to stay out of it and let God's will be done. It is hard, and I can't tell you where I stand. May God forgive me for that. But I don't know where I stand, because I know how I feel toward human beings. People from different cultures. I mean, my girlfriend is from a different culture. I'd hate to think that somebody could target her and her nation for no other reason than them being Filipino. That would enrage me. There's no other word for it. It would enrage me. When you look at what goes on in the Congo with these conflict minerals like cobalt, which I'm guilty of using. It's in the batteries of our smartphones. It's atrocious. The conditions these people are forced to live in and work in. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, and I find it appalling. But then looking at it religiously, it's, am I being defiant toward God by having my secular point of view on the Palestinian situation in Israel? Because when it comes down to it, Everybody has possessed land at some point in time. You know, 
Good luck finding out who was where first. Now, there's going to be people saying, well, Nick, you just got done saying that even biblically, there were people there first and the Jews went in. The Jews had left. They were there at one point in time prior to them going to Egypt during the famine. And Abraham had bought land in that region. It wasn't just taken from the beginning. It was actually purchased. So it, but there's no way to know who was there first. So secularly speaking, there's no way to prove anybody was there absolutely first. This belongs to me. So you got two choices. Live in peace or just let them take the gloves off and see who's standing when the smoke clears. Because even with Israel's presence, you can't take away the fact that it was those Arabs' homes for hundreds in hundreds of years before Jews started coming in the and there were Jew, Jewish communities there almost throughout the entire history of it that lived in relative peace with the Muslims however when the Zionists started coming in the late 19th century that's when this latest conflict started over a hundred years ago. So you can't just expect the Palestinians to get up and move. Say, so you're right, you know, God said it's yours. You can't expect the Jews who were born there and who've been there for, what, three generations at least? To just be like, wait a minute. You mean we got to leave now? So, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's almost the same time frame when you want to get into the Western expansion of this country. Are we just going to make all these Americans who have been here pick up and move? Be like, sorry, we were wrong. We need to give it back to the Indians. I mean, it's... you got to be able to see it from both sides. Now, religiously speaking, what's confusing to me is, and what a lot of people don't know, is Muslims believe in the Bible. The only thing they did, from what I've been told by Muslims themselves, the only thing they don't believe is that Yeshua is the Son of God. They just believe he was one of the holiest prophets ever. 
So if that's the case, then they believe that God gave that land to the Jews. But here's the thing, too. For those of you who have read the Bible and paid attention to the Old Testament, Abraham's son Isaac, who's the father of Jacob, who's the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, Isaac was not the only son of Abraham. He had a son with a woman named Hagar, who was Sarai's handmaiden, and who Sarai gave to Abraham as a wife to bear a son for him, because at the time she could not bear any. She didn't think she ever would. And that's where Ishmael came from. And Sarah got jealous. She got jealous of it all. And it, she, Hagar had to flee with Ishmael. And an angel of the Lord came to her and said, your son will be the leader of nations. Kind of the same thing that was told to Isaac. So, you have to wonder, is anybody entitled to that land anymore? Because, once again, if you want to pay attention to your Bible, God kept having the Jews expelled from that land for not following his word. And then when they'd start to follow it again, they were allowed to come back. Then when they'd fall again, they were expelled and carried off by their enemies. You know, so it's just a back and forth deal when you're talking about religion. And when you want to talk about something like the Temple Mount, this is something I wish would get more attention is the Dome of the Rock, which is, I think it's supposed to be like the third holiest site in the world for Muslims, and it supposedly sits on the Temple Mount. However, as I recall, and from what has been said on the one or few thing, one or two things I've actually seen on the city of David. The temple is actually in the city of David. And the city of David was next to Jerusalem, but not in it. And so it's like maybe a quarter of a mile away, there is, they have discovered the city of David through archaeology. And they found a massive foundation that they believe was the foundation of the actual temple. It's got stalls for animals. It's got troughs carved into the like floor for what they're assuming to be blood from the sacrifices to like be washed out. And also there is a natural spring of water that's there. There is none inside Jerusalem itself. So considering the purity rituals the priests had to go through before they were allowed to enter into the temple, and the amount of water that would be needed to wash blood away, it doesn't make sense that they'd be bathing themselves a quarter of a mile, half mile away from the temple, and then walking up to it. 
and then having to transport the, all that water all the way up to the temple mount for the clearing out the blood from the sacrifices. That doesn't seem realistic or feasible to me. So it begs the question, would it be possible to build the temple on the old foundation a quarter of a mile away from the Rock of the Dome? Or Dome of the Rock, whichever it's called. Would that be possible for everybody to live in peace? Because if the Temple Mount is not the actual location where the Hebrew Temple had been located, then there's going to be no more dispute if they've actually found the location and can rebuild there. There should be no more hostility in regard to the holy sites. And I know it's a pretty advanced view, I guess, but even though they had different mothers, Isaac and Ishmael were brothers. They had the same father. Which makes the Jews and the Muslims related. And as a disclaimer, going back to the secular side of things, I guess it's kind of a combo, but regardless, it's, I'm not taking sides. I'm not taking sides, secularly speaking, because does it matter anymore who started it? How long must these feuds go on? It, it reminds me of the Hatfields and McCoys. An American family from the mountains, Appalachia, I do believe, that got in a feud and started killing each other. That feud lasted for generations. By the end, and I mean, like, uh, I think it was in the 90s. I don't remember when it started, but I remember seeing a news story sometime in the 90s where the Hatfields and McCoys got together once a year to have a softball game. That was their feud, a family softball game. Because at some point, I think they got to where they didn't even know who the hell had started it anymore and what it was over. They are just like, we don't even know why we're, like, killing each other anymore. Why don't we stop? You know, that's that's what it's going to take. And it's going to take the Jews targeting Jews who do not want to allow that to happen. And it will require the Muslims to target Muslims who are not willing or wanting that to happen. You know, you're going to have the best relations with the country if somebody comes after you and attacks your country 
like a lone wolf type situation, some kind of terrorist act, you're going to have much more, much better relations with that country if you allow them to handle it instead of just rolling in there and blowing the hell out of everything and everybody to get the one little group you were after. You know, so I mean, it's... What do you do? How do you look at it? Do you look at it religiously? Because here's the thing, too. As a Christian, I know from Revelation and other teachings in the New Testament, there's nothing that I can do to stop this ball from rolling. That's a hard thing for somebody like me to even be able to admit, even with something as massive and extreme as the conflict in the Middle East. You know, it's, I'm sure you're sick of hearing me say it, but it's kind of the wrestler mentality. Like, you can't do it? Bullshit. Put your head down and freaking get to it. Work harder. You know, force it. Will it to be so. So it's hard when you grew up with that kind of mindset to be able to have to acknowledge there's nothing I can do. One, one side or the other, nothing I can do. It's going to take its course. And I personally don't believe since I like with my, I think it's sad but with my religious beliefs in that, I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop it until it's time for it to stop. And then it's going to be a bad time we're going to be looking at when that happens. But I don't know. If it's, like I said, it's not an easy thing for me at all because I know how I feel about it secularly and I know what would have to be done excuse me I know what would have to be done religiously and God's instructions are God's instructions but that's the thing too those were God's instructions to him then. And forever a thorn in your side is forever a thorn in your side. That's not until you pull your head out of your ass and follow through with what I told you to do originally. You know, so... I guess my point is, and I'm not condoning it for one side or the other, so don't misinterpret what I'm saying at all. But this stuff's not going to end. Period. Until either A, God decides, decides it's time, or B, one side just completely obliterates the other, leaves no one alive. You leave a handful of them alive, at some point, their population's going to grow back up. 
at some point, it's going to happen. And then the trouble will start again. You know, and the thing is, the Jews have had it rough throughout their history. I mean, the number of times they've been targeted. I mean, yeah, Hitler, but it isn't just that. What about the Spanish Inquisition trying to force Jews to become Christians by torture? Now, that's not the only time Jews have been targeted, and they're being targeted now. And it is so asinine, because here's the thing. Religion hasn't disappeared from America, but it sure ain't what it used to be when I was growing up, either. When I was growing up, it seemed rare to find a kid that I went to school with that didn't go to church somewhere. Now, it seems like it's an oddity to find a kid that does. But these college students, I mean, look at the anti-Semitic rhetoric by Dr. Gay from Harvard, and I can't remember that woman's name. I think it was from, uh, from Penn. I mean, flat out calling for the genocide of the Jews. And you got all these little pissant, rich street punks on these campuses protesting, getting in the faces of Jews who are just trying to walk to class. As if they got a dog in the fight. You don't believe in God. You're not Muslim. You're not Jewish. Keep your fucking nose out of it. It's not your concern. It's no different in Ukraine and Russia. It ain't your business. What the hell do you know about either country? You know, it's, it's just so insane to me. A friend of mine, I'm going to keep her... She's been on here before, not not under her real name. The first time was uh, she went by Susan, I do believe. And then the second time she went by her Twitter handle. So that's how they're labeled. I knew there was anti-Semitic feeling with certain people within this country. I thought since she was Jewish, that she saw it as being more extreme and thorough than what it actually was. But man, here lately, it's just like, wow, was I wrong. You know, part of it's our government, our country. Because our media, you can say what you want. Our media is state-sponsored. They're, they're, they're nothing but a mouthpiece for our government now. We are told what they want us to know. So most stuff, we have no idea what's actually going on. Most stuff.
And then you get these headliners. And what that is, is somebody just reads a headline and then thinks they know everything that's going on. You know, and they don't pay attention to follow-up stories. No different when they said that Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. Afterwards, there really was no retraction of that. Even though, come to find out, it was a Hamas rocket that fell short of its mark and blew up in the parking lot, not hit the hospital. So the people that did die, one, it wasn't 500 people. Granted, any amount's tragic. But they were killed by Hamas, not Israel. And yet there's still people out there even today that think Israel's evil for bombing a hospital. That's, I guess, in this country, what bothers me the most is people wanting to speak up and out about shit they know nothing about. And that's bad enough, but when it's from people that don't even have a dog in the fight. Like I said, they have no religion. And I've heard people like make comments before, like, well, I was born into the Methodist church, and it's like, when was the last time you went? And I mean, I'm not going to sit and strictly judge on that basis because I haven't been into a church in a long time, but it's also because I have not found a church that I think comes close to getting it right. But that's because I read the Bible. I've studied it. Along with other books I consider to be Scripture and other books that I don't consider to be Scripture. But regardless, I'm not just, you know, well, I was born, born a Christian, so, you know, I'm going to take this side or that side or whatever. I mean, it's just asinine. People are just freaking stupid. I would say they're retarded, but that would give people who are actually mentally retarded through no fault of their own a bad name because these people far exceed them because they have the ability to think. They have the ability for complex thought. But they just rather hate. You know, I'm sorry, it just pisses me the fuck off. Ah, I... Man... But, like I said, it's, how are you going to look at it? You know, because rarely, very rarely, is only one side to blame. Very rarely. And all it takes is a handful of shit heels to get blame thrown onto an entire group of people. I can't tell you how many people I've met from other countries that said they were shocked when they talked to me because of their perceptions of America. Well, their perceptions are based on the crap our government does. It's like, trust me, I, you know, we're not a republic. 
you know, the, those elections are bullshit. We don't vote on who we want. We vote on who they present to us. And they're telling us, you're too stupid to decide on your own, so we're going to give you some choices to pick from. That way you still feel like you're, you're free and you're the ones running this. That, that's what this country is now. And our government don't care what the people want. They do what they want. And they keep us fighting. They keep BS, social issues, splitting the country as if they have a damn thing to do with whether this country's going to stand or not. But, you know, I digress. It's... Regardless, if you're going to take a side or no side, at least be smart enough to, like, look into it from both sides. Because, I mean, if you just look at it from the Israeli side, they're going to say, look, they've attacked us here, they attacked us there, they did this, they did that. You know, they were unprovoked. You know, the Palestinians are going to say, okay, what about when they did this, when they did that, what they're doing here? You know, the truth's going to be somewhere in the middle. It usually is. Anytime you have two opposite extremes, the truth's going to be somewhere in the middle. So at least be smart enough to research it before take it aside but I don't know without getting repetitive and going over the same stuff I don't know what else I can say on this but like I said I'm I'm sorry it's been a couple weeks holidays and stuff like that you know just it is what it is I'm sure most people understand uh I do appreciate the support y'all give me you know uh if you haven't subscribed, subscribe, turn on the notification so you know when I put stuff out. Usually I try to get something out every week, but, you know, from time to time, something comes up. So, you know, don't want you looking when nothing's there and, you know, then say, ah, he must be done with it, you know, because that isn't going to be the case. But, and if you like this at all or whatever, share it. Hell, if you don't like it, share it. You know? <laughs> Alrighty, until next time, y'all take care.